Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. you come back out tonight. Amen. And uh, looking forward to what the Lord have for us tonight. Amen. Amen. And um, we need it, don't we? We need preaching and uh, we may not be the best at it, but we're going to do our best at it. Amen. And uh, so if you got your Bibles, let's go to Genesis chapter 35 and uh, Genesis chapter 35 and and, uh, I say it again, thank you for the the hospitality and uh, just a wonderful opportunity and privilege to be here. While you're turning there, I want to say thank you to those that go to the nursing home um, every month. Amen. Or I don't know how y'all do it. Our church goes to five nursing homes, but we go to one a month. And so we, we're in a large rotation the way they allowed us to get in. And uh, <clears throat> the guy over it, he just he started, the, he started the ministry before he even surrendered to preach. And he would take one of our young preachers, me, and, and, and we, got, we got several in our church, and we'd all take turns preaching there. And then he finally surrendered to preach. And and he's doing that, and I told him, I said, I'm, you know, I, I've been, I've been, I'm still a young preacher, don't claim to be anything but, and um, I just celebrate 10 years of being in the ministry, and I told him, I said, that is, that is a biblical ministry, amen. James, sure. uh, James chapter 1, I believe it's verse 15, said that pure religion and undefiled before God is this, is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, amen. So I believe it's biblical uh, to do that, amen, and I, I thank God for those that are Labor. It's not a. It's not a ministry that has much recognition or much glory, and in, uh, in it. But I believe there's much glory to obtain through it, and God will bless it. Amen. And uh, and I'll just say this: there's there's more people listening to uh, uh, to what's being said and what's being sung than just those that's sitting in the service. Because you can hear down the halls, and there's nurses, and there's kitchen workers, and all kind of staff involved. So you, there's no telling who's sitting somewhere that cannot get away from preaching. Amen. I know that to be a fact. Amen. Okay. I've seen it and heard of it and uh, and there's just no telling what's going on that you don't know about. So you be faithful in that and I know God will bless it. Amen. Genesis chapter number 35 and, uh, and I'm just going to read the first four verses here and uh, and I'm going to give you something the Lord, said, the Lord showed me. Alright. And then we'll be done. Verse number one. And God said unto Jacob, Arise go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God and uh, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was uh, 
by Shechem. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We want to thank you for loving us. We may not always love you like we ought, but God, you always love us. And God, I'm thankful for that. We can boast in thy love towards us. I pray tonight that you just cleanse the atmosphere. I pray there'd be nothing that may hinder and grieve the Spirit of God from speaking and talking directly to us on an individual and a personal level. And God, as we read and we're going to preach about a family here, I, I pray that you preach to every one of us here. Lord, there's families that is represented. And God, and I pray that you'd speak to the husbands and wives and children and grandchildren. I pray you'd, you'd just, Lord, drive it home to us tonight. Say what only uh, what only you won't say. And I pray you'll do what you do best. Uh, and God, and I pray you'd bring all the glory unto yourself. Lord, I, I pray tonight that you would be uh, lifted up on high. Lord, we all ought to be in hell tonight. And God, not one of us deserve to be sitting here, uh, God, in the house of God, clothed and in our right mind. But God, who was rich in mercy, hath he saved us. And God, I want to thank you for coming by my way and saving me one night as an eight-year-old boy and birthed me into the family of God. I've never been the same. And God, I want to thank you and praise you for what you did, uh, God, in my heart and saving my wife and going to save my children. Thank you for being a good God to us. And God, there's no way we can do uh, do justice tonight, but I pray you'd help us to try uh, to do the very best we can for you all, for your glory and your honor and praise. Paul said it, uh, thou art worthy, and I pray that you'd uh, receive it now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen and amen. I was reading here in Genesis. I love Genesis. Amen. It is the seed plot of our Bible. Everything starts in Genesis, uh, and it grows and branches out. Amen. And, and we, we, we see that in, uh, in, in the book of Genesis. A lot of our major Bible doctrines, its seeds are planted right here in Genesis. Amen. This is where Israel, Israel's roots go back to. Amen. There's a lot of roots that's in uh, the book of Genesis. I mean, there's genealogies. Uh, friend, I find gospel roots that's founded in the book of Genesis. And, and I find even the root of sin. Amen. It's found in Genesis. Uh, oh, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Amen. Where, uh, where Eve partook of that fruit. And just, uh, you say, what fruit is it, preacher? I don't know. Amen. Probably green beans. Somebody help me. Amen. If it ain't starch, I don't believe y'all to eat it. But uh, but anyways, we're just kidding there. But uh, you'll find that you, the, the, the fruit uh, was disobedience. Amen. God said, don't eat of it. Amen. And she ate of it. And the simple, the reality, the simple reality is this. It ain't just drunkenness that sends folks to hell. Amen. But it's the act of disobedience. It sends every one of them to hell. Amen. They disobey what God said and it plunged humanity into sin. Just as the old preacher said, we're sinners by nature and sinners by practice and sinners by choice. We're not raising our kids to be sinners. It's born in them. Amen. That's the way we're not training them to do wrong. We're having to train them to do right. Amen. And they, they, they just born to lie, born to steal, born to do wrong. And the rod of correction will drive it far from them. Amen. We are to raise our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Ain't that right? And so we understand there's a lot of seeds that is planted in the book of Genesis that, that grows. Amen. And it reveals itself throughout 
out of the Bible. Amen. And then you also in studying you have that law of the first mention principle. Amen. And just like worship, if you go study worship and go back and find the first time it's mentioned in your Bible and it always set the stage real big and then mostly time carry the same uh, the same meaning throughout all portions of scripture. Amen. The first time you find worship is in Genesis chapter 22 where there's a major sacrifice and and the and the reality is do we really wor- we can we really worship if there's never been a sacrifice of something in our life. Amen. And and so we see that and well this is the first time tonight that we'll run across strange gods in our Bible. Amen. You'll run across little G gods in our Bible, but it's the first time strange gods is found in our Bible here in verse number, I believe it's verse number two. It makes mention of it. He says, be clean. Amen. And all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. No word of them strange gods come from Rebecca, Jacob's wife, stole them from her family, and they are now leaving there. They're headed to Bethel, but they've also been run off from family. Amen. Not because of right, but because Jacob is living up to his name, a deceiver, and he is lying and stealing and conniving and being conniving in all ways of his life, and they've been run out. Amen. But God still got a plan, and ain't you? glad tonight when I read my Bible that we don't just read about perfect people doing the will of God. Amen. I can find a lot of faults in every character in our Bible, but the reality is God chooses to use the uh, in spite of their failure. So hogwash on the mentality that because we don't reach a certain standard, uh, friend, that we can't be used of God. Amen. Uh, he counted us faithful, called us to the ministry. Amen. We weren't looking for it, but God called us and knew who we was. Amen. I'm still learning about him, but he knew everything about me when he got me. Amen. And still chooses in spite of everything to use us in spite of who we are. Amen. That doesn't give me the license to sin as the brother said this morning rightly and preached it right. Amen. But it does give us a little bit of encouragement to know that he knows our frame. He remembers that we're but dust. And he has a wonderful thing called grace, amen, to help us in our life, amen. Yes, Jacob lied and stealed and was conniving in every which way imaginable, but God was going to use Jacob to be the father, amen, of the 12 tribes of Israel, amen. That's exactly what will happen. We'll read, you can read about that. I believe it's in chapter number 36. He begins, or chapter 35, and the end of it begins, uh, gives us all the names of the sons uh, friend of uh, of the uh, of his sons it would be the 12 tribes of Israel but these sons have already been born these sons were living and there's a, a great sin that happens in chapter 34 I'm not going to dive into it but they're hot about it amen the brothers are sticking up for their daughter their sister and they go in and they handle business amen and I don't throw no stones at them amen you go home and read it later amen and uh, but I don't believe you ought to mess with nobody all right but uh, chapter 
Chapter number 35, God calls him back to Bethel. Amen. And Bethel's known as the house of God. Amen. It's the house of praise, the, the house of worship. It's Bethel. Amen. And he, God calls them back and he says to build an altar. Amen. It'd be good for us all to have an altar. You know what an altar does? It'll alter our lives. Amen. It'll change us. Amen. It's where things, can I say tonight, things happen on the altar. Amen. You need to get frequent in these altars. Amen. You need to have private altars uh, and uh, worship at that altar and cry at that altar and sacrifice uh, uh, freeing yourself unto God. Amen. And, and present yourself to God a living sacrifice, holy and clean and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Amen. And he says uh, in verse number two, put away thy strange gods that are among you. And be clean and change your garments. Let us arise. Go to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and, and was with me in the, the way which I went. Amen. You know what Jacob learned? Uh, that in spite of everything, God helped him that day at that altar. Amen. And matter of fact, it helped him so much, he said, I got to get back to where uh, God's at. Amen. Uh, I'm going to get back to where I met God at. I don't know if God's here, but I know God's at the house of God. Amen. That's uh, so what he said. I'm going to Bethel. God said, I need to get back there. And I got help there once before and mark it down. I can get help there again. Amen. Uh, can I say tonight uh, uh, that uh, out of all the places you can get help, you can get help at your Bethel, your house of God. Uh, uh, God will talk to you at his house. Uh, uh, this is where God will get intimate with you. Amen. Uh, this is where God will get real with his people and work in their life and give them what they need of in the house of God. Amen. amen. And amen. Uh, I mean, listen tonight. I understand you can watch it on the internet. Uh, and our church does things on Marco Polo, and I'm not against it. Amen. I'm glad, thank God for technology, but there ain't nothing friend, like coming to the house of God with your family sitting on that pew or them chairs friend, under the, hearing the sound where there ain't no, there ain't nothing that gets you sidetracked. You can't pause this. Amen. You're here and you're, it's live. It's interactive. Friend, it's something good. Amen. They'll say, well, I'm watching at the house of a friend. They'll spend money and go to the ball game because it's just something different about watching it live, uh, a friend, than watching it on the television. I wish I had somebody tonight. Uh, a friend, there's just something different. Uh, a friend, they'll say, well, that's different, preacher. No, it's the same. Uh, but, the, uh, but the reality is this is dealing with eternal things uh, and eternal matters. Amen. I, I love a good ball game. Amen. I ain't against it. Uh, but hogwash sitting at the house watching church, uh, but then getting up and going to the ball game uh, and sitting in the stadium. Amen. Thank God uh, for a sanctuary that looks like a sanctuary. Amen. Well, I feel like preaching. Amen. Uh, thank God for church that ain't painted black. Uh, it looks like a bar room tonight. Uh, uh, thank God we come to the house of God. Uh, uh, friend, when we sing the right songs, we, we preach the King James Bible and we stand up for what's right. Amen. Uh, friend, I'm listening. I'm not looking for something that's watered down. Uh, where's mama, where the preacher ought to be, well, he'll give his skinny jeans back to his mama. Uh, but friend, thank God for a man of God that just preach uh, what thus saith the word of our God tonight. Preach it straight. Get on my front porch. Uh, uh, tell me like it is. Uh, uh, friend, and let us change for the glory of God. Amen. Uh, 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 Jacob said, I got to get to the house of God uh, and I know I can't go, go to the house of God uh, with these strange gods and these idols uh, and I can't go wearing these clothes. 
<laughs> well, amen. He said, we're going to take off each stuff. Uh, friend, we're going to change our garments. We're going to get washed up. And we're going to go to the house of God. Amen. Now, listen, I'm all for sinners coming as they are. Amen. Uh, amen. Amen. But I believe a Christian ought to do the best he can when he comes. Amen. If the best you got is an old wore out pair of Liberty blue jean overalls, thank God, come to the house of God. Amen. But I believe that we ought to just say, we ought to do a little better. Amen. Dress, dress a little better than what I do going to work. Come on now. That ain't legalism. Amen. Y'all all right. Amen. I just believe we ought to just look like we're going to the house of God. Amen. You can go to a nice restaurant and they don't mind telling you not to walk in wearing the cut-off sleeve t-shirt and blue and cargo shorts and grass-stained sneakers and we'll dress up for that. Amen. Thank God we can dress up when we come to the house of God. Y'all all right? <laughs> Amen. He said we go clean up our garments. Amen. I'm interested in verse number four. None of that was in my notes. Amen. Verse number four. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob, I'm interested in this hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. Amen. They journeyed and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob and Jacob came to Luz in the land of Canaan that is Bethel. He and all the people that were with him and he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother but Deborah's Rebecca but Deborah, Rebecca's nurse died and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak and the name of it was called Alon Bacoff. Amen. Uh, I'm Alabama. Probably didn't quote that right. Amen. But if you want to try it, you're more welcome to come up here and do it. Amen. And uh, we're not even going to talk about that place. All right. Uh, but I'm talking about burying things. And uh, I just got to thinking tonight, just about maybe just a quick introduction. I'm just going to run through this. I want to get to the main gist of the message uh, uh, tonight. But uh, he buried some strange gods uh, a friend that represented them. I mean, that's paganism. That's idolatry. Amen. I don't know what these was. I know he got them from his family. And, uh, and I understand that. Uh, I don't really know what, what kind of gods they was and what they worshipped. But I just know what later the Bible would say is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. Thou shalt not make any graven image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above and that it's in the earth beneath or the waters under the earth. Amen. He said... You're not supposed to do anything. He said, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Amen. You are to worship God in Him only. I don't know what it is, and I could preach on those types of things, uh, friend, but I just know this, and that we all have those in our life. Uh, you know, them things that we'll put before everything else. Uh, you know, amen. Uh, we won't miss church, but, but I'll miss it for this. Amen. Uh, uh, listen, I'm going to be there all year, but, you know, uh, come this now. I'm going to have to miss because of that. And I, there ain't no way I'd miss work, but I'll miss it for that. Y'all understand? I'm talking about them one thing in our life that is so important. Amen. And uh, no doubt it meant something to Jacob and their family if they're holding on to it. Amen. And no doubt it means something to us if we're holding on to it. Right. Amen. Amen. I just got the thought tonight is why did he bury them in Shechem? 
Amen. This Shechem was a defiled place anyways. And it's a wicked place. A lot of worldliness and wickedness is in and surrounds this place. Every time you follow it through Scripture, a lot of bad things goes on around here. But I'm interested is why with standing there with his family and standing there with his children and that he got a shovel and buried these uh, this idolatry, this paganism, this devil. This You know that is what devil worship is. He's worshiping anything other than God. And they're worshiping this, these idols. Why did he bury them? Well, tonight I want to preach on this thought on burying things that should be burned. <laughs> burying things that should be burned. God help us. Amen. Jacob buried these strange gods and the things that represented them tonight. I'm not against jewelry, but he, he took off those earrings. I thought that was a very unique. And I say this tonight. This, I believe those jewelry, that, that, that type of jewelry they had maybe was a symbol of their God. He may have what they were portraying. Not everybody might get to see what was in their hand or see what was in their closet at the house, but they were showing it. He may have with what, by, what kind of God they were serving by what, by what they was wearing. Amen. Can I say tonight we're the only Bible some folk will ever read? Amen. Listen, I'm not, I don't dress like this all the time. And if it wasn't Sunday and I wasn't preaching, if I was back at home, I'd probably be, well, y'all going to throw me out. Amen. I'd probably be in camouflage. Our church don't have church on Sunday night. Amen. And we go to church. So if y'all want to get mad at me, throw me out. That's all right. Amen. I, I, I go home right now. But I just, I mean, both season opened yesterday. Amen. And so it's just early. Amen. That that drive is there. Amen. I want to go. Amen. And if I wake up in the morning, be Carhartt shirts and Wrangler jeans. Amen. And that's who I am. Monday through Saturday. Amen. I dress up like this to go to church and outside of that I'm in blue jeans. Amen. But what I am saying is our attitude and our appearance, it does reflect the God we serve. Right. And you understand today that they buried these things and, I, and I, I'm going to show you some things through this chapter and I'm going to jump over into another chapter. But notice with me, he buried, when he buried his sin, y'all heard me calling it that, his sin to worship anything other than God. Amen. When he buried his sin, all all of a sudden, it began a chain reaction. Look with me in verse number 8. But Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. Coincidence? I might, you might can say so. Amen. I don't know how old that Deborah was. I don't believe it says that right here, right in these verses that surround. And you might can dig into it, but for the sake of the message and time, the Bible says Deborah died. Amen. They buried her under a oak. Amen. Wasn't too long after it, but here, here Deborah's done died. Amen. Whether it was tragic, whether she died of old age, she'd been sick. All I know is she was healthy enough to be Rebecca's nurse. Amen. Caring for somebody else doesn't sound like she's in too bad a shape. But she dies right after he buries his sin in front of his own family. He buries his sin, then he buries Rebe uh, Rebecca's nurse. Amen. 
No, then you come on down and they begin, they get closer and he God's talking to him and God's blessing him and, and I understand all that and it'd be easy to say and you're probably, you may be right tonight. How's God blessing him in spite of all this? All I know is God's blessed me in spite of my failures. Sure. Amen. The reality is tonight, we're not preaching about somebody that's perfect. I mean, Jacob done some awful things. His name ain't even been changed to, changed to Israel yet. God's working in his life and God's going to do some things. Amen. And uh, well, God, I'm sorry, I'm going to back up and correct myself. God has changed his name to Israel. Amen. Uh, but uh, God's not talking to Jacob. Uh, when God talks to Jacob, in, when Jacob is being spiritual, he refers to him as Israel. Right. But when, I mean, after Genesis chapter 32, when, when he's doing something right, God references him as Israel. Amen. But when Jacob is doing wrong and his flesh is overriding his spirit, he references him as Jacob. Amen. And he's calling him by Jacob often throughout this chapter. Amen. Is God still going to use him? Is God going to throw him away? No. <laughs> Amen. God's going to deal with him and God's, God's got a plan. Amen. And I love the fact that in spite of his failures, God, Jacob still won't halfway do right. Amen. And God's going to bless his desire to do what's right. Amen. Rebecca, Deb, Rebecca's nurse Deborah dies. Then you come down to verse number 19. Rachel goes into labor and she's having a child. Benjamin, and verse 19, and Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephraim, which is in Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar upon her grave. That is a pillar of Rachel's grave unto this day. Now watch. And Israel journeyed on. Amen. And spread his tent beyond the tower of Edar. Yeah, so you see, you seen I showed you that right there where Israel journeys on. The spirit is in him, that, that spiritual side, it's going to journey on. Amen. It's going to go on when everything's going bad. But I got to thinking, I got to thinking tonight, if he wanted, if he'd have burned those strange gods, if he'd have melted down them jewelry that represented that old man, that old lifestyle, that old, that, uh, that uh, them strange gods that represented him, uh, would have uh, Rebecca's nurse Deborah died. I don't know, and uh, but she did, amen. She died. It's in the chapter, and uh, the, but uh, if she wouldn't have, then she might have been alive, and she might have known more than Jacob and could have got Rebecca through this hard time. But here's Rebecca's going to die in labor, amen, and she dies. Coincidence? I don't know, but she's buried. Amen. She's buried. Then you come down to verse number 28. And the days of Isaac were 104 score years. And Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Amen. I wonder, I'm just, what I'm saying tonight is when we're not careful, we bury those things that ought to be burned. We might bury other things that could have lived. Sure. All right. I'm not saying our sin today will kill somebody tomorrow. All I know is God said, you ain't going to have no other gods for me. Right. And when things become more important, God will take what's special away to wake us up, to wake us up and get our attention. Amen. I don't know what it is. God may let that job be taken away. Amen. God may let that source of fun be taken away. God may take our retirements away. God may take away the things that we're putting before in 
front of him. Amen. God may take them things away. Oh, so we listen, not that them things are bad and that those things are wrong. Some a lot of things that, that we begin to worship is was never wrong until the day they become more important sure. than God. Right. Amen. 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 So you see that it, it looks like there's, a, I mean, three things got buried after he buried something. Amen. I just got to think that God help us not to bury. I got to think about Achan. Amen. Achan buried that sin in the middle of his, he pulled that rug back in the middle of his garment, right there in front of his tent. He buried the things that God said, you're supposed to get rid of them. Amen. When they walked into Jericho, God said, everything there belongs to me. Amen. And smite it, burn it, get away with it. Amen. But he chose to bury it. Right. Amen. But in order to get right, when Joshua walked in, he stoned it and burned it. What I'm telling you is this tonight. Uh, when God says, get shed of it, get shed of it. Right. Amen. Let it go. It's going gonna, it's gonna to bring up more harm in the future than us just trying to bury it. Amen. I, I do know this tonight, uh, that when there's something wrong in our life, we can, if we, if, while it's private, we can confess that sin and God will keep it private. But if we keep holding on and holding on and on hold, holding on, one day them seeds are going to spring forth a harvest that everybody will notice in our life. Right. Amen. I got to thinking, now turn with me to chapter 37. What he lost in that same chapter after burying his son, he did bury a servant, buried a spouse. And I like to alliterate, so I'm going to say he buried his personal sovereign. Now, I'm not saying he was God, but I'm just saying he was a, Isaac, his father was a was an influential leader in his life. Amen. And raised him up in the, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. He buried his hero. Amen. Sure. All three in the same chapter. I'd begin to scratch my head. Amen. I'd begin to analyze one as one thing after another. Amen. Why, but what I got to thinking about is why he digs that hole there and he buries his them strange gods and idols. You ever think that one day somebody else may come along and bury, unbury what you've buried? So it got my attention. If Jacob would have been the only one around, it would have buried them under that oak tree. Might have been a different story. Sure. Now it's just talking about what's in the chapter. But later here in this chapter, look with me. And uh, verse number, he, Jacob tells Joseph has been born. He has some dreams and tells his brothers, and you know the story. But in uh, verse number 12, and his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with thy flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Now, if I was the brothers, I wouldn't have wanted to go back down to Shechem. There's, there's bad memories, amen, in Shechem. There's, there's things I wouldn't want to go down there, wouldn't care to see their faces, wouldn't care to even enter in the city limits, much less spend any time there. But they go down by Shechem, and they wind up in Dothan. I got to thinking is, why don't they go down by Shechem? This is the first time I can find that they go to Shechem without their father. 
This is the first time that they've been out of the range of their father. In chapter number 35, they're still around his feet. Amen. They're still on his feet. Amen. But now they're getting on his heart. Amen. They're making that transition from little kids to teenagers, the young men to standing on their own feet. The youngest one is old enough to be able to travel by himself to go check and to bring word again on his father. They're young men now and they're going down by Shechem. I just wonder today if maybe if these older ones were standing around and watching Jacob dig a hole and bury some strange gods under an oak tree. And they got to thinking about how maybe they thought it wasn't a big enough deal for him to burn them so they can't be all that bad. And they got down there and they got around that oak tree. Whether they wanted to or not, they got curious in the strange gods of his parents. Jacob may have got to walk away from them false gods, but it kind of looks like his sons couldn't. They, they, they carry on. They get down there toward Shechem. I'm preaching in the white tonight, but I believe it's right. right. Tonight, he gets down there and they spend a little bit. Whether they find them or not, they get curious. Tonight, can I say, they may not find about our scars, but if we don't burn some things and make a big enough... You know what a fire tells me? That's a big deal. Sure. Amen. You bury something in the dirt, the kids go dig it right back up. Amen. But you burn it, you can't put the ashes back together. Amen. You make a big enough deal out of something. You know what? You know what? When Daddy made a big enough deal out of a snake, I'm still scared of him to this day. Somebody help me. Amen. Only good snakes are dead snakes. Somebody help me. I ain't going to identify them. I identify them as a dead one and a live one. Amen. You make a big enough deal out of something, it'll make, it'll make a difference in their mind. You know what? My daddy made a big enough deal out of sin. I'm scared of it. Amen. If he would have made a big enough deal to line them up, them false gods up in front of his family and say, these are sin that I allowed into my family and it was wrong. God said it's wrong and I'm not going to bury it. I'm not going to hide it from I'm the one that messed up but took out a match of some kerosene and soaked them babies down and lit them on fire and said this is a big deal because I'm going to burn it. Because if these get in your life, you'll burn. Amen. And amen. Ain't that right? If I'm, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can a man walk upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? You mess with sin long enough, it'll mess with you. Sure. Jacob didn't burn him. He just buried him. Kind of looks like it ain't a big deal. Kind of looks like an exit plan. If God don't work out, we can come right back here to dig our things up and go on with our life. Amen. You can't do that. You can't do that when it's burned. Amen. What happens when you burn it? It means I'm done with it. There's no, there's no exit plan. There's no plan B. I've got nothing to come back to. That's what burning means. Amen. Only path from here is going forward. Amen. I got nothing to come back to. And so he, he didn't burn it. He buried it. And while our Bible does not say they actually picked up these, these idols, looks like they picked up some characteristics of them. And that's what I'm going to show you quickly. The examples in their conduct. Amen. And he, he should have burned them. I believe in my heart tonight he should have burned them. Now listen, even if his children wouldn't have picked them up, one day that oak tree is going to die. Sure. One day a storm might come blow that oak tree over. And you know what's going to come up at the base of that oak tree? Everything around it. 
here comes them idols are going to pop up. Them children may not get it, but somebody somewhere is going to get them. Sure. You know what? All they're going to do is see something burn, some ashes, amen, some smoldering coals. That's all they're going to find, amen. Yeah. And listen, you can, you, it's, like, it's like somebody said, well, I, I, when I got right with God, I threw out all them magazines. Well, you threw them in the trash and somebody else is going to pick them up. Yeah. But if you burn them, can't nobody pick nothing else up, right. amen. Yeah. And dad, my daddy said when he got one, when him and his sister got right with God at the same time, he said when she came, he said, but his was a few, hers, she, my aunt got right with God a few weeks before he did. And what happened? she come home and burned all her rock and roll tapes. Amen. Tapes. Amen. Tapes. Not, not CDs. Amen. Tapes. Cassette tapes. She said he was burning thousands of dollars of rock and roll tapes. He said, he said, he said, he said, Teresa, why in the world you burn them? You can sell them. She said, why would I want to sell them and put the devil's music in somebody else's hands? She said, I'm going to burn them where nobody else can glorify the devil with it. Amen. And what I'm saying tonight is if you'll burn it instead of bearing it, can't nobody walk down the same path with what the things that you owned. Amen. They may have to go somewhere else and get it and it's no promise that my kids won't do the same things I did, but I'm sure I ain't going to supply them with the tools to do it. They'll have to go somewhere else and get their sin. I'm not going to hand it to them. Right. Amen. Amen. So Amen. Jacob's kid, he just buried it. Didn't look like a big enough deal. So Jacob buries him and looks like Jacob gets worried about it. He said, they're down there around Shechem, Joseph. You better go look for them. And then bring me back and tell me what they're doing down there. Amen. Looks like it's worried. I don't know. But when they, when they leave Shechem, they leave Shechem, they come back with bad theology. Amen. Bad ideas. If you can read this, and I'm just going to mention it, but you can read it. There's, you see some examples in their conduct. They begin to hate everything that's good in their younger brother's life. Amen. God's wanting to do something with Joseph, and instead of pushing him towards God and pushing him towards the God's will, amen, they're trying to hinder him. They're trying to refrain him. They're trying to restrain him. They're trying to bind him. Amen. Uh, they're trying to keep him from doing the will of God. And you know what that tells me? That's the work of that's the work of the devil. Amen. Right. The devil's always going to try to restrict and restrain the, the will of God in our life. Whether it's by our family, by our friends, uh, or by our flesh, uh, uh, there's going to be adversity to the will of God. Amen. Uh, that's, uh, that's what them idols will do. Amen. Them idols are to turn you away from God and get you focused on something completely uh, of entirely. Amen. Uh, to get your attention and your eye, your mind off of it. Amen. And they, so it looks like they, they begin to hate everything. Amen. Then they had no concern for the good desires of their brother. They began to push it off. Amen. Then they begin to get filled with jealousy and indignation over Joseph's relationship with his father. Amen. They could not stand him because he was the one that the father showed love on. And you know what? The devil does not like about you is that God loves you in spite of all that we've done. He made one mistake and God banned him. But yeah, we sin over and over and God still loves us. And we're made in the image of God and he hates it. He hates it. Amen. He cannot stand it. And so he's trying to mar God's image in our life. Amen. He's trying to destroy it. And so it looks like the, these, uh, these characteristics, amen, of these pagan gods, they may not have picked it up, but they got around it. Right. Amen. And can I say tonight, you hang around them my pagans long enough, them and their traits begin to rub off on us. 
not only the examples in their conduct, they hated the man. They, you know what they hated the most? They hated that coat of colors. Amen. They hated it because it resembled, it didn't resemble Joseph. Amen. It resembled Jacob. They couldn't, he couldn't stand it. Amen. But why that should have come to us? We're the older brothers. Amen. With the authority should have come with us. The affection ought to be towards the, the firstborn. Amen. All throughout Old Testament, it was all towards the firstborn. Amen. Of a friend, he went to Joseph. Amen. Why? A friend is because he had the right character. Amen. It's not the fact that Jacob loved Joseph more. It's the fact that Joseph loved Jacob more. Right. Amen. He was concerned about his father's desires and his father's wishes and was about his father's business. Amen. It was just like John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. It wasn't that John, it wasn't that Jesus loved John more. It said John was always found in his lap. Amen. He was always found him laying on his uh, laying on God's bosom. Amen. Hearing the heartbeat of God. It was not John that cursed Jesus. Amen. It was Peter. Amen. It wasn't John that doubted him. It was John standing at the cross of them other women. John loved Jesus more. Amen. So you find there's these examples in their conduct. I find the evidence is in their character. Amen. Listen, you know what the you know what a uh, characteristic is uh, of somebody that is uh, getting away from God and allowing something to come before Him. There's an, an idol in their life. Amen. Can I say what First John said? It said, "Little children, keep yourselves from idols." And you know what some evidence is in our life uh, is that they were showing all the signs of rebellion. Amen. They're showing all the signs of rebellion. They were rebelling against holiness. They were rebellion against, uh, uh, they were rebelling against righteousness. Uh, you know what that is? That is a work of the devil. Amen. Rebellion. That's what he did. He rebelled against God. Amen. He said, I'll become like you. Amen. And pride built up in his heart. Uh, pride breeds rebellion. Amen. Isn't that right? I mean, until you let a teenager, yeah, we as all teenagers at one time, we begin to think we know better than daddy, and all of a sudden we, our ways are better than his. You know what that is? That is rebellion. Amen. Rebellion's bound in the heart of a child. Amen. Our way's better. Amen. And so they're rebelling against him. They, these Showing all the signs of rebellion and idolatry. You say, huh, how do you know that? Their first thoughts when they saw Joseph coming was murder. Right. Amen. I'm in a different Bible tonight, so everything's not laid how like it would be in my Schofield. But uh, they saw him coming in verse 19. They said one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, let us slay him. What brotherly love. Amen. What? I mean, what? anybody want a brother like that? I don't. Uh, let's slay him. Cast him into some pit. Then, so their first thoughts were murder. Amen. Their first actions were hate. They settled for greed. Then they lied to Jacob. That ain't, that ain't nothing about God right there. Amen. That's all paganism. That's all idolatry. It's all the works of the devil. Greed. Amen. Murder. Yeah, amen. It was hate and envy and strife. It's all of the devil. Amen. It's, it all comes from idolatry. 
It's, it's just the evidence is in their, in their character. Amen. And then they say, we shall slay him. Say, uh, and, uh, and we'll say some evil beast hath desired, uh, devoured him. And right. we shall see what will become his dreams. Amen. What I find is there's an entanglement in that condemnation. Can, can I say this tonight? Is that when one begins this slope in idolatry, I'm talking about when you don't bury something and it, your kids get around it, they dig it up, they're going to get around it, they're going to get entangled with it. You know what happens when you get entangled with something? You ain't never going to walk away from it the same way. You get entangled in briars, you may get out of it, but you have briars in you. You get entangled in a fish net, you're going to get caught. Amen. Fish gets entangled. It gets when, when, uh, when a man is enticed. Amen. What's James saying? Uh, when when that when he when uh, when so when a man is uh, enticed by it, uh, he is uh, it then breeds uh, lust, uh, and then it brings condemnation in our life. Ain't that right? What I'm saying is this: just as a fisherman uh, will entice a uh, his uh, fish of choice, Amen. When he's fishing for that bass, he entices him with that lure long enough, he bites at it, and then he is caught in the it, Amen. He is reeled in, then hung on a wall. Right. Amen. You you entice you and you entice an animal long enough, you can get him enticed and you know, that deer will come into that lure, amen. That scent of a doe, he'll come in all of a sudden he's right on the back of a pickup truck. What I'm saying is this tonight, there is an entanglement. They get entangled with it. It's one lie after the other. Right. You're not going to just get to bury it. Amen. It's going to come forth. Ain't it amazing how Jacob wanted to bury his sin under an oak tree and now they're wanting to sin and murder and bury him in a pit? You know, our kids will follow in our footsteps. They will do what we do. And if we uh, treat sin lightly, they will treat it lightly, but also in excess. Right. Right. Their evidence is in their character. Their first thoughts were murder. Their first actions were hate. They settled for greed. Then they lied to Jacob. They, they were entangled. You see a pattern in their life. Amen. You see a path in their life. You see a progression. It just gets worse from there. Amen. And they just, all of a sudden, then they're having to live with their lie. Every day, Jacob is mourning the death of Joseph. And they have to live with the fact that they're the ones that killed him and they're the ones that lied to their daddy. Jacob was never the same until the wagons came when Joseph was alive. Right. Several years down the road, his, the Bible says his spirit revived. The only, thing would, the, the only thing worse would be than lying and just the way I'm thinking tonight is having to watch your daddy slowly die because of your sin. Amen. It's all, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. <laughs> Digging, putting it in the ground, burying, so shall he also reap. Right. You know what, what Brother Baloo taught us was that the law of sowing and reaping is that you always reap what you sow. You reap after you sow and you always reap more than you sow. Right. Amen. You sow to the flesh and you're going to reap more. You're going to reap after and you're going to reap it. Amen. But if you sow to the Spirit, you can reap what you sow. You can reap more than you sow and you'll reap after you sow it. Amen. And that life everlasting. There's this entanglement in their condemnation. condemnation. You ain't got to turn there. I'm going to be done. But there's the exposure of their conflict. In chapter 45, Jake, uh, Joseph exposes them. Amen. Can I say tonight, sure. Joseph didn't walk down there to Jacob's house after his authority and set their sin straight. He made them do it. Right. 
He made them do it. Amen. You know what? You say, how? Jacob then sent his brothers down to Egypt because he heard there was corn in Egypt. We know the story. Amen. They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And all this is working out and for the better half, preserving the nation of Israel. I understand that. But when we look at it, they come down there and uh, making the long story short and jumping across a lot of great reading and preaching. Amen. Jacob, they have to come home and say, Jake, uh, Joseph is yet alive. Boy, I bet they feel dumb. I bet they feel, feel, I bet they feel like liars. And they deserve to die. Amen. They recognize that. They know that. And Joseph is alive. And they take up Jacob and they go back down to the house of God. No, they go down to Egypt and they're around Joseph. And they, their family is reunited again. That's grace, ain't it? Out of all of that failure and all of that mess up, God preserved them. Amen. God protected them. God provided for them. I mean, listen, hey, that's a beautiful picture of grace that instead of Jacob messing up and burying something that ought to be burned, them coming by. <coughs> And partaking in the very things that uh, that was a problem in their life and their parents' life, and, and them leaving all out of all of that. That in the end, God forgave them, and grace swept in and put the family back together. And I believe tonight there's parents that may be right now reaping uh, some uh, some uh, their wild oats in their children. But can I say tonight, if you live right, uh, God may just bring that whole thing full circle, and grace may come right back around in your life and smooth things over. Over, amen. Because the reality is this you made your choice, but they made theirs too. Right. They okay? They still had a choice. They still chose to go dig up what daddy buried. Amen. Jacob didn't do that. He buried it. If he burned it, yeah, it may have or it may not have. But the reality is this tonight uh, that every child will have their own choice to make. Amen. You can right your wrongs and you can make a big deal out of it. But friend, when it comes their time to decide whether I'm going to drink that or not, uh, they're still going to have to make that decision on their own. You can and preach to them. You can set up rules and boundaries, but they'll come a day they'll have to make their own decision for the choices in their life. Amen. Brother Adrian Rogers said if your children turned out right, give God all the glory. Amen. If your children turned out wrong, don't beat yourself up because everybody has their own choices to make. Right. I'm just saying, given the opportunity, make a big deal out of it. Sure. Amen. Burn it. Amen. It took him no time. It'd been a lot easier. Amen. Somebody help me. It is easy easier to take some gas and a lighter than loading that thing up and taking it to the dump. Amen. I live in a country I get to do that. I don't know about y'all. We'll burn anything. Amen. This is on the internet. We don't burn anything that can harm the environment. Amen. Just get that out there. Plain and simple. We, we, we respect it and everything. Amen. But what I am saying is this. That's the easiest way out of it. Amen. He took the hard. Why is it that we'll take the easiest route out of doing the will of God, but we'll take the hardest route out to keep, hold on to those things that go against God? Why is it? I mean, listen, God said, if you'll repent of it, I'll cleanse it, but we'll hold on to it as long as we can. I just think that Achan could have got out of that if he would have just confessed his sin, but he buried it and God had to go dig it up. 
man, I wrote this in my other Bible and God just brought it back to memory. Amen. You know what I find is that it's better for all if we'll let God bury it because we ain't got a shovel big enough to dig it up. Right. Amen. But if we if we're the ones that's gonna bury it, our shovel ain't digging up big enough to dig it dig it deep enough to right. bury it. Amen. God will dig it up. But if we'll confess our sins, Amen. He'll bury them in the sea of God's forgiveness, and they ain't nobody big enough to bring up our past. Amen. Why ain't that good? Ain't it? I mean that God can bury it. Amen. And He'll cleanse it, and the devil won't even be able to find it. Amen. But if we'll bury our sin, thinking we can get away from it, God's gonna let that thing be revealed. Amen. I'm done. Can she come softly on the piano? Can she, can she come? Your wife come play something softly on the piano. Listen, I, my, we were sitting around the other day at our, at our pastor, Brother David Phillips, his son's birthday party, and we was talking. And you know how preachers, there's about five, six of us preachers standing there talking. We get talking about, you know, messages and analogies and stories and illustrations. And God, this was before this message, God, God even revealed this to me in the Bible. And it just, it, it just, it just goes together perfectly. He said, father and son, concrete, poor, they poor con had a concrete business together. He said that they was pouring concrete and, you know, the, da the daddies want to hold on to things for hard times. And the boys like, it's jump, they had a machine that couldn't get crunk. The jumper cables was broke and half wore out. He said, couldn't get it crunk. Hey, man, you can just play whenever you get ready. He said, they just, just always a problem. Couldn't get it to crunk, and it was a jumper cables problem. He said, if you just buy us a new set of jumper cables, Dad, he said, we wouldn't have this problem. He said, boy, got to hold on to them. Things can get hard. Hey, Amen. We all had daddies like that. My daddy's like that. I'm saying, throw in the trash. We can buy a new one for $19.99. Hey, Amen. I'm going to lose $39 worth of testimony dealing with these saints. Amen. He said, he's pouring that big old slab of concrete. Daddy was off over there on the back side of nowhere. And his son said, I've had it. I'm going to dispose of these and nobody will ever know it. He said, he grabbed those jumper cables, threw them right off over there and they buried it in eight, eight, six, eight, ten inches deep of concrete. He said, got him. Daddy come back and said, where's them jumper cables? He said, I don't know. <laughs> I plead the fifth. I don't know. I don't know where they're at dried. Years later, that concrete busted. And they had to come in. The same concrete people had to come back in and fix their crack. So they got in there with them saws and got to cutting that concrete up. Right in the middle of that crack was a set of jumper cables. He said, you mean to tell me by coincidence that where that crack was, the, he said, that old man said, there's my jumper cables. I lost them things years ago. You know what that was? That's showing, that's a practical thing. But showing your sin, we'll find you out. You try to bury them, you're gonna let, they're going to get found out. But if you'll let God bury them things, and make, you just make a big enough deal about them and your family, make a big enough deal about it, your kids may stay away from it. They may not. They may dive head first into it, but at least, they won't, they, at least they'll have to do it over you making a big deal about it. Right, man. Amen. Listen, if my kids go that route, I'm gonna, it's not going to be because they didn't have to climb over razor wire. 
Come on now. That's exactly right. We, we'll, we'll, we'll try to plant flowers around our sin and our past to make it look good. And we wonder why our kids run and die for head first in it. No, I'm going to put high voltage chain link fence, raise a wire around the top, two Doberman pictures in it. That way if they get in it, they know I've made a big enough deal about it. That it's bad enough that if you can get over there, you're going to have to make the choice to get in it. Then that's on you. It ain't going to be on me, friend. Right. Amen. That's exactly right. My daddy made, made a big enough deal out of sin that the sin that I chose to do as a teenager, it does not lay at his feet. It lays at mine. He made a big enough deal about it my whole life. Amen. So it's nobody's fault. I'm not going to plant flowers on something that's bad and make it look good. Amen. That's what our society wants to do. It's what our government wants to do. Oh, friend, the church must make a big enough deal. I've got to quit. But I'm reminded of a story of Brother Stanley Ballou preaching. And he said that this, uh, this big rancher, you probably heard the story. The big, big, big rancher had to go out of town and the guys that kept his kids. It was on a moment's notice that the people that always kept his kids, they were out of town. And there was nobody, but it was an urgent. It was an urgent that they must, they must get out of town. They could not take their kids. Cold in the winter. The only one there to watch their kids was the old ranch hand, old loyal ranch hand. He said, she, he said, I can't, he said, I'll watch your kids, sir. He said, I can't let you watch them. You'd fall in that fire. He said, sir, there's a problem. There's one thing I can promise you. They won't fall in that fire. Out of all, uh, out of exhausting all other resources, the only one that could watch was the rancher. He said, you better not let my kids fall in that fire. He said, they ain't going to fall in that fire, sir. I promise. They went out of town. They came back. He said when they come back down the driveway, they could see the fire in the house boiling out the chimney. Smoke was everywhere. He said, don't let them fall, and fall right in the fire. He said he, when they run up in the house, he said the farmhand was sitting over there with his feet propped up. He said the kids was back here in the back bedroom. He said, surely I thought you'd let them kids fall in the fire. And he said, I told you they weren't going to fall in that fire. He said, if you make that fire big enough and make it hot enough, they're going to be too scared to get anywhere close to it. If we do that with our sin, our kids may not get, get so close to it. They, it'd be so hot way back here that even if they fell, they wouldn't get nowhere around it. Amen. It's all saying the preacher's going to come tonight. Don't bury it. Burn it. Amen. I know the law hadn't been given, but later in life, God says, come in, burn them strange gods. Burn the high groves and the high places and let them things burn where nobody else can come along. Amen. Amen. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>